Uh, all right, I think that's it. So we're over in Hebrews chapter 11. We did not go back in 1 Peter. Like y'all probably thought it was. We're going to go over Hebrews. And, and, but I think we're going to talk, be talking about a little bit of what Peter uh, was talking about today in, the, uh, in our lesson. But one of the things that we, I mean, today is following today. So we, we, you tend to think, well, that's kind of where the preacher always goes, towards, towards dads. But I, I want to take it a little bit in a different direction. Still, we'll be in talking about the men, but we'll be looking at patriarchs. And so that's one of the things we don't talk about that much um, in, the, in the nowadays. It's not a matriarchs and patriarchs are not two terms that we use much in, in present times, I guess. It's a kind of an older term. But we're going to look at the patriarchs. We're going to look at three of them today and, and how, they, how they had faith in God before Jesus. And that's one of the key things I want us to remember today. It's how they had faith in God before Jesus. It, does, it probably doesn't make a lot of sense to a lot of people right now. How can, what does that mean, to have faith in God before Jesus? They didn't have what we have today. We've got, we've got a Bible. Of course, they had, four, they, had, they, had the old, they had some scrolls, but they didn't have what we have today. They probably had, I think they had some type of, I, I'll say the Holy Spirit, they, they had something there to guide them. But things were a, holy, a whole lot different, a whole lot different back then than they are for us nowadays. And so we're going to be looking at that. And as, as Christians, and, and we kind of talked about it a little bit in the Sunday school this morning, we're strangers. We're pilgrims right now. As, as believers, as Christians, and, and as the church, we're just passing through. As the old song says, we're just passing through. We're not here very long. Life's just, just a vapor. We're here for just a short time. So we're just passing through in this life. We're just here on earth for just a small, short amount of time, whether we're saved or not. I'll take it a little bit further there, because we're talking about Christians just passing through. Where the unbeliever, they're just passing through as well. When they leave this earth, they're bound for hell. So they're going to have an eternity of torment and torture. We're not. We're going to have an eternity of Jesus in a mansion on the streets of gold. And we're going to live forever, and we'll be singing with the angels, and we'll be eating man and all the great things. So as pilgrims passing through, we're only passing through for just a brief amount of time. And this brief amount of time that we're here, we're going to see a lot of things in this life. We're going to see destruction. We're going to go through turmoil. We're going to have storms in our lives. There's a lot of things that we're going to have to deal with in this lifetime. But if we have the faith that our patriarchs had, these men that we'll talk about shortly, we can get through all this. They went through a lot of bad stuff. In the Old Testament, these men went through and they witnessed a lot of bad stuff. They, they, they seen things that we can't even comprehend nowadays. But all that they went through, they still had faith. According to Paul, uh, and, and Keith kind of talked about this a little bit too, uh, we're citizens, we're heirs. Romans 8, 17 says, and if, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if so, be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified <coughs> together. What we're about to read this morning is a, it's a picture of great faith. And it's something that we need to take note of. And something that we, especially the men, we, you know, kids look up to us. I, I, I help monitor the, uh, the, the fire department's Facebook page. And I, and I put something on there this morning for Father's Day. And it says, Dad's. Of uh, a daughter's first love and a, and a son's first hero. 
And I thought that that's that's right. That's that's what a dad is. You know, that's we're the first love of our daughters and our sons look up to us. And so as patriarchs, guys, I want y'all to listen to this. The children of this church, the children in your family look up to you. They see you in a whole different point of view than the rest of the world. They see you as a hero. They see you as a leader. Men were leaders. That's what we are called. We are the head of our household. So what we do, our children are going to follow Amen. behind. How you treat your wife is how your kids will treat their spouse. And the other way around too, how your spouse treats you. It's how your they're going to, the, your children's going to treat their spouse. So when you love on them, I know the girls hate this, but I'll you know I'll hug Marie in the kitchen or I'll give her a kiss or something like that. And I usually don't do that in front of us. I like for them to see that because that's the way that I want them to treat their spouse whenever they grow up and get married and start having kids. To not be ashamed of the love that you have for one another. To show that. So yes. Our children are looking at us. They see us. They see us, and the older they get, their 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 uh, vision changes. <laughs> Don't add me. They see us differently sometimes. Weird sometimes, I guess. Strange. But that's all right. But we gotta have this faith that our children can see, and that uh, that the whole world can see. So, Dad, we're gonna talk about that today. Your faith and how you lead your family. Amen. Now. We're going, to, we're going to give you a definition real quick about patriarchs. We think, of, we think about patriarchs as being the, the male head of the house. That's the way we look at it. Or uh, the definition says the male head of the family or tribe. But it also refers to, and this is biblical right here, it also refers to three guys. Patriarch is defined as Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So we talk about patriarch. And in the Bible, especially, we're looking at these three men. And we're going to look at the faith that these three guys had as patriarchs, as leaders, as men of God. The faith that they had in God. They believed God and His promises for their lives and for their inheritance. They had a faith that they didn't get to see Jesus the way that they had been, uh, been brought up and raised and had been taught. And with the scripture, they, they knew that there was one coming. They knew there was going to be a Messiah. They understood that. And they knew there was going to be a promised land. God told them there would be a promised land. And I'm not talking about the children of Israel going into the promised land. I'm talking about heaven. So we're going to look at the promised land. He says, I promise you you're going to get a promised Amen. land. I promise you that there will be a Savior. I promise you there will come a Messiah. They never got to meet the Messiah. They never got to see the Messiah. But folks, they got to see the promised land. Because they died. The Bible tells us, we're going to read it here in a second, they died. So they died believing in God. That means they got to experience, and they're still experiencing the promised land that they were promised. But they didn't remember, they didn't actually receive it here on earth. They got it when they got to heaven. So we're going to read that this morning. If you've got your Bibles over to Hebrews chapter 11, stand with me just a moment. We're going to be in verse 13. Verse 16, Hebrews 11. Verse 13 says, These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen from afar off, and were persuaded of them, and embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. For they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. 
And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. But now they desire a better country, that is, an heavenly. Wherefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared for them a city. Let's pray. Father, this morning, uh, we thank you, thank God, so much for preparing a way for us, for making a way for us through your Son, Jesus Christ. Lord, we thank you for preparing a place for us in heaven right now. As believers in your Son, Jesus, we know that he has gone to prepare a place for us. And with that promise, we know he will return. And Lord, we thank you for that great promise. Father, this morning, as we continue to, uh, to find a new normal in this world, in this lifetime, I pray that the that we continue to seek out your face, your guidance, and all that we do, and anything that we do that will just uh, please you. And God, I pray today, we've got many families out today here at the church. They're out, uh, they're on vacation. And I pray, God, that you would just keep them safe in their travels. Father, I pray that you would just give them a time of relaxation. Lord, I pray that you allow them to bond with uh, one another and that family. And uh, Lord, I pray that you just uh, give them rest and, as they vacate. Lord, I just want to thank you for this church. Thank you for those that make it up. And I pray, Lord, that you would just bless our time to get today together. Uh, Lord, I pray that we would uh, get strengthened through these three men, Lord, that you uh, you handpicked to be the fathers, Lord, to be these patriarchs, the ones that we are to look up to and the ones that, that made such an impact uh, on our lives, even though we never knew them. They made such an impact through your word. And I pray, Lord, we can live up to that. And just use them for guidance. Lord, I pray that you would, uh, again, just be with us today through this message. I'll just, in your son's name, we pray. Amen. You have to see. I love, I love that, that scripture right there. I love that. So we're going to break down these patriarchs, their faith. And, and the patriarch's faith, it was a, first thing to look at is it, it's a visionary faith. They could see it. They had their eyes focused. My lapel pin, I, I, y'all probably seen me, you know, I wear a different one every Sunday, and some of y'all probably know that. But my lapel pin today is, it's a Target, and this is, I think my dad actually got this one for me, I think. Um, I love to wear this one. And the reason being, is because that's where we're supposed to keep our eye, on the Target. You know, when you're hunting, when you're shooting, when you're doing things like that, you, you, you have to know what you're shooting for. You've got to have something to aim at. You don't just go out there and just start shooting the woods that well. You're not supposed to, but I've, I've skinned a lot of deer for guys. I'm pretty sure they just went out there with AR and just mowed it all in. There was bullet holes from butt to antlers. <laughs> but there's, we've got to have something. Trust me, they do that. We've got to have something to aim for. We've got to have something. And that's why I love this, this detail. It means target. It means keep your eye focused on the prize, on the target that we are to be aiming for, to be shooting for, and that is heaven. We're aiming for heaven. We're, we are on our way there at this Amen. point in time. Those of us that are saved, we're just going on. We've got our eye focused on the heavenly things. We've got our eye focused on the hills, what's above the hills, and that's heaven. We're focused on that. These men were focused on heaven. They were focused on God. They knew where they were going. They knew there was a promised land. They knew there was a heaven. They knew where they were going because they had faith in God. So they knew what was to come. When they were going to experience it, they didn't know. When am I going to experience it? I don't know. 
I've got a touch of it right now through the Holy Ghost. I've got a touch of what I want to experience through salvation because now I have Jesus in my heart. I know I've got a small touch of it. But the best is yet to come. Until I get to see my Jesus face to face before, or until I get to get down on my face and give Him my rewards, until I get to stand before Him, I, I don't know, I just don't know what it's going to be like. I'm excited. Right. So I've got a small touch. These guys had a small touch. They had faith in God. They knew there was going to be a promised land. They saw, the Bible tells us right here, that they saw the promise afar off. Verse 14 tells us, Says for they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country. They seek a country. Now they weren't looking to get out of Israel. They weren't looking to get out of Judah. They weren't looking to get out of Ethiopia. They weren't trying to get out of Turkey. They weren't trying to get out uh, of uh, all those other places down through there. That's not what they were talking about. This country. In your Bible, I'm not going to argue the way that this was typed, but in my notes. I type this up as capital C. This country. This is heaven. They were looking for heaven. Because they knew it existed. They had faith in God and knew that it existed. Paul told us in 2 Corinthians, for we walk by faith, not by sight. Amen. They truly walked by faith, not by sight. They didn't get to experience the miracle of Jesus. When, they, when God had told them about this Messiah, when they, they knew that there was going to be someone coming at some point in time, that they didn't get to experience this. So they didn't get to be one of the twelve where he went out and performed miracles. They didn't get to be with Jesus whenever he got down and he broke the bread and he, he made uh, he fed the thousands, the multitude, with uh, some bread and some fish. Wasn't there when he raised the dead. He wasn't there when he healed the blind. He wasn't, they wasn't there when he healed the lame. They wasn't there, but they still had faith in God. Amen. And they knew that he would provide that promised land for each one of them. They knew it, but it was by faith. They didn't have to see it to believe it. They just believed it. That's what faith is. They just believed it. They believed God with all their hearts and all their minds. What was that promise of God, though? That same promise that he made Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that same promise that he made for the rest of the patriarchs and matriarchs in the Bible that we talked about, that same promise he made them, he has made us. And that promise is a new country. A new country. I don't know if it changes daily or monthly, but there are roughly 272, I think, countries right now in this world. It, it varies, believe it or not. Countries changed. Some are adding, some are taking away. That's a lot of countries. That's a lot of countries. I was talking to uh, Brian Groom yesterday that had to come out of the office for a moment, and we were talking. And, uh, I've got a map of the office, and every time I would go to a new country, I would always buy a, a small country flag patch and put it on my map. And I've got I've been to 28 different countries. I love that little map. But there's one country I can't put a, a patch up for. I've got, a, I've got an idea of what that, I believe it's white. I don't know what the flag is for heaven. I believe it's white. I believe it's just pure white. Not for surrender. I believe it's just a pure white patch. I'll never get to put that patch on my map. Because I ain't going to be here to put that patch on my map. But we were talking about those, those countries. And I had mentioned something along the fact that 
Those are all great, but I've got a better one coming. We all do. I talk to people all the time that, that say, I've never been out of country, or I, I don't want to leave the U.S. And I think, as a Christian, you're getting ready to experience a country that there's nothing to even compare it to here on earth. We're going to all experience this new country. This verse says, that verse 4 says, they seek a country. We are doing the same thing. That's why we have our eye on the target, on the prize. We have our eye focused on that new country, which is heaven. We are looking for that new country. What's it? I'm searching for, is it I'm searching for a city? What's the name of that? There's a song. I, I don't know. We're looking for a city. Looking for a city. That's it. We're looking for a city. We know where it's at. We just, we're just, you know, just kind of wandering around until we get there right now. Verse 16 says, They desire a better country. That is, and heavenly. That's my desire. I fulfilled my desire October 1997. My desire was a new country. I fulfilled that. I'm on my way there now. Amen. But now, not as, a, not as a preacher, but as a Christian, my heart's desire is that everyone seek that same country that I'm on my way to. That's my heart's desire now. That should be every one of our heart's desire at this point in time as a Christian. That everyone seek and find that new country. That, I want to read that verse again. It says, they desire a better country, that is, and heavenly. My heart's desire is for y'all to have that new country. Your heart's desire should be for everyone to have that new country. Heaven. And that comes through salvation. So our heart's desire is to see everyone saved. And our heart's desire is to see everyone enter into that new country. That's my heart's desire. Jesus even said over in John 8, 56, He said, Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. How much more do we need to read to understand about these promises of God? How much more do we need to preach? How much more do we need to sing about these promises of God before everybody can comprehend it and get it? We'll just keep singing. We'll just keep preaching it until everybody gets it. Amen. We're just going to keep on. Jesus, Jesus already come once. We know that. Again, these men didn't get to experience this. But Jesus has come once already. And to believe that he will return, it's a lot easier for us than it was for Abraham believing that he was going to come the first time. We've experienced it. We wasn't really technically here to experience it. But he has already walked the face of the God's already been here through his son Jesus Christ. And we know that. It's documented. It's recorded. By faith, we believe it. We understand it. We know it. We feel it. Right. We know that he's been here. And we also get this urge to understand and to know that he is coming back. And so we have this, I believe it's through the Holy Spirit, that we have this draw, this understanding that he is going to return. There will be a second coming. Abraham didn't have that. Abraham didn't have the first coming. He was waiting for the first coming of Jesus, for the Messiah. So he didn't get to experience it. But it's happened now. And now we're waiting for the second one. Abraham, he didn't have an example. But we do. We've got it. It's written in the Bible. Jesus came once and he promised his return. John 14, 1, you guys know it. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, also believe it. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I love this. He said, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, 
I will come again and receive you unto your, to myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. Amen. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob didn't have words of red. We got words of red. We got words. We got Jesus' words documented right in front of us. We can look through the Bible and find promise after promise after promise made by Jesus himself. That's right. They didn't have it, but we do. We got it. And we know that they're true. We can go back and we can look at every single promise in the Bible that's been made to us. And every single promise has been fulfilled for us. Every one of them. Every single one of them. We should have that same, that same visionary faith that these patriarchs had. We need to keep our eyes, our, our eyes focused on that prize, on heaven. Be looking forward to the time when Jesus will come back, like he said he would. That's, that's what we're excited about that. He talked about that a little bit this morning. Don't really know what we're going to do when he comes back. I, we're going to be moral support. That's all I can think of. Is we're going to be moral support. He's going to be on the horse. We're going to be on the cloud. And we're going to be back here scotch and say, go Jesus. That's the way I look at it. I don't know. What, I'm, I'm not kidding. I have no clue what we're going to be doing. Maybe we're singing. Maybe we're up there singing back. I don't know. We're going to have something to do. But we're going to be a part of it this time. We're going to be a part of it. And I want, I want y'all to understand this real quick. I thought a lot about this this week. If we experience physical death, and we don't go by the, by the rapture, if we experience physical death on this earth before he, he comes to get us, I want you to understand this. Church, his, his promise ain't voided. Just because we're going to go by the grave and not by the rapture, doesn't mean that he's going to avoid that promise right. for us. I think a lot of people think that. If, if we go by the grave, then we're not going to have a part of the second coming. Or we're not going to get to experience something that a person that we go in the rapture would. No, that's not how that works. Those that have gone on before us and those that will go in the rapture, we're all going to experience the same thing. We're all going to be in it together. We're going to be riding in together on that ride. He is still going to return to this earth, and I cannot wait to be a part of that. Second thing, patriarch's faith was a growing faith. Our faith is just like the patriarch's faith. Our faith keeps growing. Y'all tell me that you've ever felt like there was a lull in your faith, that you've ever plateaued and you start coming off the backside? You can't. As a Christian, your faith continues to grow because you see God work day in, and day out. That's what faith is. I don't know about y'all. I know mine and Marie's got a lot stronger in February. Because it wasn't supposed to happen. But here it comes. What, four months away? Something like that? Yeah. That builds you faith. Y'all know what it's like, Rita. We talked about that. When doctors say it ain't going to happen. And it happens. That builds your faith. That lets you know God's still in charge. And then doctors don't know everything they let on to. Our faith keeps growing. Theirs kept growing. They saw the promise of God and were thankful for the privilege to see it. I'm thankful for the privilege that I get to Amen. see my faith grow. Amen. I'm thankful I get the privilege to see y'all's faith grow. 
when Mary's here and she talks about the things that she's having to deal with with her health and her liver being rejected, then being accepted, then being rejected, then being accepted. When her numbers go down low and then all of a sudden they come back up high. Or when one y'all have, and y'all kind of run together now because everybody's got heart issues right here. But when somebody has a heart problem and you see how the doctors can go in and help relieve that or give a little medicine or give a little shot or do a little something here or a little something there and you come back out and you feel so much better. That builds your faith up because you know that he's still in charge. You know that he's still taking care of each one of us. Now these patriarchs, they were persuaded by these promises of God. They believed that the promises were true. That again is faith. These promises that he's made us by faith, we know that they are true. By faith, because we have read it in the Bible, we've seen where he made the promise, and then in our own lives, we've seen where he has fulfilled that promise. So by faith, we know that these promises are true. These patriarchs, they believed God and, and what he promised, and he was going to fulfill it. I believe in what God has promised, and that he will fulfill it. I just read you. That's right. Let not your hearts be troubled. He says, if you believe in God, believe also in me. For in my Father's house are many mansions. Then he tells us that if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come back. I was going back to John. I don't remember that folding napkin. I think about that folding napkin. He's not done yet. Or the fork. Was that, we talked about the fork Wednesday night? I didn't get into that. We'll, we'll talk about that another time. Take a fork to heaven with you. <laughs> Some of us are not fully persuaded of God's promises. If we were, if we were fully persuaded by God's promises, people wouldn't have to be on medicines. They wouldn't be anxious. And they wouldn't be depressed. If we fully trusted in God, we're not worry about all the things that we can't control. Romans 4.21 tells us and being fully persuaded that what he had promised he was able also Amen. to perform. Amen. What he promises he will perform. Think about that. What he promises you he will perform. He will fulfill. These men in the Old Testament they welcomed these promises. They rejoiced and loved the promise, setting their eyes on and looking not away. They set their eyes on the promised land and they never took their eyes off of it. That's where our eyes are supposed to be right now, the promised land. We are supposed to be fixed on that target, fixed on our heavenly home, fixed on Jesus. Keep your eye on Jesus. And don't worry about the rest of the world that's going on around you. Just keep your eyes fixed on Him. They admitted that they were only strangers on earth. There were only pilgrims here on this earth. They know it. We should know that. We're only here for a little while. That's what Billy Dean said years ago. So we're just here for a little while. What do you say? Hold who needs holding? I can't remember the rest of it. You don't want to sing. But that's us as Christians. We're only here for just a little while. So we only have a short time, amount of time to do what God has got in store for us and planned out for us to do. We're just here for a, a, a short little time. So while we're being a pilgrim and we're kind of on this little pilgrimage around the earth, 
We only have a little bit of time to continue to get the gospel out and tell others about Jesus. They admitted that they, they were only strangers. They knew that they were just passing through until they could inherit the glorious hope of the promised land. That's us, too. We're only here for a small amount of time. And then we, too, will get to inherit that promised land. We, too, will get to inherit heaven as Christians. We're going to be just like them. Keep your eye on the prize. Number three, the patriarch's faith was an enduring faith. Verse 15 tells us, And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. Now, they had an enduring faith right here. They never returned to the country that they had left. Don't go back there. I'll put it like this. This might help you a little bit. If you come out of a, a sinful life when you were saved, don't go back there. If God saved you out of the bar, don't go back to the bar. If God saved you from dealing drugs, don't go back to dealing drugs. If God saved you from all these things that we can get into in this world, don't go back there. <coughs> don't go back to that world. These men didn't go back there. There is no future in that past. There is no good ever came from the world. So don't go back there. These men didn't go back to that world, that old country that they come from. They kept moving forward to get to the new country. They had separated themselves from the world, and that's what we are to do. And Paul told us to do that. We are to separate ourselves. As new creatures, we are not of this world. We're not of this world. We are heavenly now. We are new creatures. We have a new spirit in us. We have a new hope. We have a new promise Amen. in each one of us. So don't go back to the old way. Don't go back to the, the old world that you came from. So keep focused on the future. They didn't keep one foot in the world and the other foot in the kingdom of God. Bible tells us we can't do that. We can't serve two gods. There's no way you can serve two gods. And they knew that. And so instead of keeping one foot over here in, in heaven and one foot over here in the world, they just came all over here in the head. They just kept both feet planted firmly on that solid rock we talked about in Sunday school. Firmly planted on that solid rock. And never stepped foot back across to the other side. But here's the thing. Their focus was on the promise of God. They did not return to the old world when they had the chance. We all have a chance. There's always going to be an opportunity for us to go back where we came from. There's always going to be. We can't get away from it. The devil's going to do that to us. If you like the bar scene and you like to go out and drink and, and party and, and do stupid things, there's going to be chances for you to do that again. You're going to have a friend, call them a friend, they're going to come up to you and say, hey man, let's, let's catch up. Let's go talk about what's going on in your life. Let's go uh, reminisce a little bit. All right, we're going to talk. Well, I guarantee you it ain't going to be Chick-fil-A. Hey, let's go back over here to the bar where we used to hang out. The devil's going to lay that out there before you. Right. He's going to tempt you with that. Oh, yeah, let's, we'll go. Yeah, I'll, I'll just have sweet tea. No. You ain't strong enough. Just don't go. Just don't go. The patriarchs endured to the very end. They went to the grave, believing God would give them 
the promised land. Number four, the patriarchs reward for their faith. Look at verse 16. It says, But now they desire a better country, that is, and heavenly. Wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared for them a city. These patriarchs, their reward was, it was twofold. Twofold reward. First of all, they received the approval of God. I like that. The approval of God. I like the fact that God approves of me. That he likes me. He might not like some of the things that I do or say. But he still likes me. And he loves me. Loves me unending love. God is not ashamed to be called their God. He's not ashamed to be called your God. That's what the Bible told us. Right there, I just read it for you. God is not ashamed to be called their God. And he ain't ashamed to be called your God. But the question is, are you ashamed to call him your God? Can you get out there and tell people about your God? Does it hurt you? Are you convicted when you mention Jesus' name? Does it bother you to try to tell somebody what happened in church, what was said in church? Does it convict you to pray out loud for some people? For a meal? Or when somebody needs the prayer? Is there a conviction there? God's not ashamed of you, and you shouldn't be ashamed of Him. Now notice here that, that they are present. I like this. They're present. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. We will call them present because they're, they're not dead. They're not dead. They're dead here on earth. But they're alive in heaven. That's a great promise. Jesus has offered that to each one of us. To continue to live eternally with him. Yes, we're not going to make it long here on earth. But we get to be alive forever, for eternity, with him. Amen. So, they're present. They're still alive. So is Jesus. Still alive. On the right hand of the Father. Why is God not ashamed to be called their God? Because they were obedient. They were obedient patriarchs. They were obedient fathers. They listened to God. They followed what God had instructed them to do. They were obedient. God wants the same out of us. Men, that's what he's asking for us. Be obedient fathers. Be obedient men. Lead your house the way that we're supposed Amen. to lead our house. Be the head of the house. Wear the pants in the family. Wear the pants in the family. Travis, you better be wearing the pants in the family. <laughs> Wear the pants. Be the head. That's all he asks us to do. Be the leader in your family. Right. Raise up, like the Bible tells us, raise up a child in the way that you go. When they are old, they will not depart from it. We're to raise up our families by the Word of God. We're to raise up these men and women, these young men and women in our families, the way that God wants us to raise them up. Not what the world says. Don't, don't listen to what the world says is right or wrong anymore when it comes to raising your youngins. And I ain't even going to get on that soapbox because we'll be here a while. But you raise boys and you raise girls the way that God gave them to you. And they need to make their mind up whenever they're ready. I'm just going to leave it up. We got boys. We got girls. 
They were obedient. These men of God were obedient. Their life was characterized as believing in God. That, that says a lot for us. Right. When people look at us, what do they see in our character? Is believing in God? Believing in Jesus? Or just church goers? Believing in God. That's what that's the way they were. That's what we should be looked at as believing in God. We when we believe God, we receive the approval of God. Now, secondly, they received the promised land. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, all the other forefathers and patriarchs that we read about in the Bible, they received the promised land. They had faith in God. They knew he would provide for them a heavenly home, and they received it. That was their reward. They received heaven. God prepared a city for them, a heavenly city that will last forever and ever. Revelation 22, 14 says, Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. That first part, I'm going to read again, it says, Blessed are they that do his commandments. What, what's he commanded us to do? So, these guys, what they had, they had ten commandments. Anyway, they had laws that they had to follow. John's telling us right there. And we're again. He said, Blessed are they that do his commandments. His commandments. What has Jesus told us to do? Love thy neighbor. Love God. Preach the gospel. Go ye therefore into all the nations. He's given us commandments. And John says, blessed are they that do his commandments. You ever follow his commandments? You ever do what Jesus has told you to do? How do you feel? You feel pretty good about it, don't you? When you do what he's told you to do, you feel good. Right. You don't brag about it. You don't toot your own horn. But you just feel good because I've done what Jesus told me to do. And he says, blessed are they that do his commandments. So you feel blessed. You're rewarded. Are we believing God this morning? I want to end on that. Are we believing God? Are we believing in the promises that he has made us? And I know several months ago I preached on that. over 7,000 7, promises, 8,000 promises that are made in the Bible for each of us. And he's fulfilling them, fulfilling them, fulfilling them. Do you believe that? Do you believe that God will fulfill his promises? I do. I know he will. Try. If there's only one promise that he made, that's hard. I couldn't, I couldn't even pick out one promise to, to hang on to. But one of my favorite ones is the promise of forgiveness. The promise of forgiveness. Because he told us if we would ask, he would forgive. The Bible says he is faithful and just to forgive us. I love that promise, and I believe that promise. I believe it with my whole heart. Do we believe in God's promise? Stand with me, we'll close that. humans, we make promises and 
break promises. But God never has. And that promise he made us, that he's going to prepare a place for us, that just means he's coming back. And so my prayer, just like I said a while ago, my, my heart's desire is that everybody here is ready to go. There's not a, there's not a final boarding call before he arrives. You're not going to get an email a week out saying get your things together and get right. right. You're not going to get that call tree an hour before church starts to remind you what's going to take place. He's just coming. Right, you're not here, he comes. My heart's desire is to see y'all all there. By faith, you can have Jesus. Father, this morning as we close up the service, Lord, we thank you for being honest. Lord God, for never breaking a promise that you've made to one of us. For being right on time every single time. For loving on us when we are unlovable. For forgiving us when we shouldn't be forgiven. Or for just blessing us when we don't deserve the blessings. Lord, this morning I pray that each person in the sound of my voice, God, they have that personal relationship with your son, Jesus Christ. And they have relied and put their faith in Jesus to save them, to provide for them, to take care of them, to sustain them through the rest of this life. Lord, I pray this church keeps their eye focused on heaven. We have our eye on that prize, the heavenly prize, that reward that's waiting for us right now. God, I pray that when Jesus calls us home, that every single person inside this church, we're going to go together. We'll step through those gates together. We're going to fellowship together. We're going to rejoice and we're going to sing together. God, this morning, if there be one inside this church, that has any doubt in their heart about their salvation. If there's any doubt, not a, if there's just one drop of doubt, Father, I pray that today they would get things right with you. Make the best decision they've ever made in their life. And make Jesus their Lord and Savior. God, we thank you again for this opportunity. Father, I want to thank you so much for the men in this church. Lord, I admire each one of them. Think about the scriptures that iron sharpens iron. It's the way I look at these men here. And I thank you for them. It might not always be Bible what we talked about. It might not always be talking about Jesus. But Lord, it's good to have men to go to when you need to vent or you need to talk about things, whether it be hunting or whatever it might be. But it's good to have godly men in your life to turn to just to talk. And I thank, thank you for, for allowing those men to be here at this church. Father, I pray that you bless them on this special day that's set aside for them. That we honor them and we thank them for who they are and how they stand. We love you. God, we praise you. All this in your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, you guys, you gentlemen, have a great Father's Day. Come on back here Wednesday night.